Tom Gerhardt and Dan Provost are the guys behind Studio Neat. On this show, we discuss entrepreneurship, product design, and all of the ups and downs that come with running a small business. I'm Mike Hurley, and this is Thoroughly Considered. start doing limited versions of, our, of of the show you know i'm i'm actually uh very jealous of that uh hello internet episode that was like released to vinyl only the vinyl yeah uh not so much the vinyl record aspect of it although that's cool but just like locking a show into a, a format that you have to go mm-hmm. Through some trouble to listen they to. They also I like did that. a waxed cylinder one, which was even more <laughs> aggressive Whoa. because like nobody can even really play it. That one might have gone a bit too far. I'll always be uh, jealous and slightly frustrated at that because I was looking into doing that. So mm, w- me and Casey yeah. were thinking of doing it because uh, well, we were talking at the time. We were talking a lot about vinyl. Plus, there's like a long running joke of Casey listening vinyl. And then they mm-hmm. dropped that uh, vinyl record. And I was like, oh, it's such a good idea. And then you're, I hate that you're faster than me. Uh, I own it. it. I own the, the, the vinyl version. It's a very smart yeah. idea. Um, yeah. But yeah, what we're uh, the, the kind of referencing is uh, today, we're recording today, which is June 29th, uh, Tom and Dan released their first Studio Neat Limited product, which is, how would you call, would you call this like a sub-brand? Of Studio Neat, what what is this? Uh, we actually debated kind of that, or like debated having like a separate website and stuff. But no, I think it's just you know, I just I, uh, well, it's like a label. I guess technically it's a sub brand. I don't know. <laughs> Maybe in the future, like a, um, yeah. a, a a a separate website for it could be fun. Like if it if it yeah. really continues to be a thing, I was gonna say if it really takes off, where I feel like. I mean, you can tell me, but uh, it felt like it took off pretty quickly. You had a hundred blue, um, titanium blue, but not made of titanium, but that's the name of the color because it's like a shiny blue, Cerakote covered Mark 1s with polished steel knocks. You had a hundred of them, $75 each. How fast did they sell out? It was like- 10 minutes. Oh, my word. Okay, so one, you have a very effective email marketing list. Uh I will complain about the speed of your email marketing list. <laughs> I I bought it before I got the email. Really? Yeah, because I had someone tell me. Because I, I knew yeah. about this pen. You showed me the color of it. So I knew I yeah. wanted it because it, it matches color-wise with the notebook that we make, I think, the subtle mm. notebook, which is like that kind of metallic mm. blue. So it was like mm-hmm. there was no way I could pass up now owning a fourth Mark One. <laughs> 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 I have started mixing and matching parts now, which is fun. Ooh, I've been nice. doing that, you know, getting different looks from my, from my pen. Yeah, super, yeah, this is great. I'm really happy for you. Can you talk about where this idea came from? Like, where does the the limited come from? Yeah, I mean, we've been discussing internally doing this for years now. We've had the idea and the reason for the idea is basically we wanted a structure where we can release products in a way to where they're one-offs basically because the way our business is set up is like we you know we have this website and we have like our fulfillment 
company that ships our stuff for us. And so there's like quite a bit of like inertia to kind of get a skew at it and basically create a new product and then support it indefinitely. I guess also more like, so if you don't mind me jumping in, you, you your company's also set up for like it all starts with Kickstarter, right? In some ways, yeah. Yeah. And so we would all the time say no to ideas because they were too small or we didn't think they would have a long enough tail to be worth it to kind of introduce it and then have to support it indefinitely, basically. Mm -hmm. And so something like this gives us a structure to do these fun little things where we don't have to think about kind of the long-term implications of what it means to introduce this new thing into our lineup. It just becomes this one and done thing where we're not even introducing it into our warehouse. We're just shipping them like from my house, like printing labels at my house and shipping, you know, huh. dropping them off at the post office. So because I it guess just for a hundred, it's just not worth engaging the warehouse team and like because i imagine that's like a whole thing right yes no yeah yeah Yeah. you probably Um, lose money on them (laughs) at some point (laughs) uh yeah so this is like it's finally an answer that we came up with for like okay now we can like have some fun and kind of do some things that we wouldn't necessarily think have like a long-term future but it's like oh if we can sell like a handful of them then it becomes a fun thing uh for us and for customers hopefully and Mm -hmm. we can kind of come up with these ideas maybe do a couple of them a year and uh we don't have to think about kind of long term it can just be these like single shots and so that feels good and i'm super glad it worked out like i was to me if we sold the hundred in like two days i would have been happy with that like that to me would have been a good indication of like okay we've got something here like this is something we can do again and so the fact that it <laughs> sold out in 10 minutes is like okay i i guess we really have something here <laughs> okay we get it we get it we get it yeah <laughs> yeah yeah because i mean you know part of i'm i'm sure when people like look at the mark one they're like well why don't you just have like 10 colors you know it's like it's actually easy you know cerakote there's like lots of colors of cerakote and you can make custom colors and all kinds of stuff and so it's relatively easy to just have like a different in terms of like the manufacturing process we just tell the person who applies the cerakote like hey just actually do this color and it's that's the only change except for the fact that you know managing those SKUs across like two warehouses and like ongoing is just like becomes a nightmare especially if you start introducing like different knock combinations and it's just like crazy so yeah and also like all... brad brad does a bit of this with spark design yeah and, you know one of the ways they've ended up like because they they have a lot of colorways and then people would say well what well, can't you give me this in this colorway why won't mm. this can i have the blue from this pen and the orange from yeah. this pen so like one of the ways that they dealt with it now is to create a pen where you just choose all the component parts but it's a logistical nightmare. So it's like, yeah. it's only it's only like circular, right? You have the logistical issue, you create the colors that people want, you then have more logistical issues, so you find a different way to get them the colors. It creates different logistics. Like, it's yeah. just, it's really hard. No, yeah, and we know, like, we know what, like, we can foresee what that would be like, and so we yeah. just have always been like, we don't want to do that, you know, mm-hmm. it's like, it's just, I mean, it's fun and it would be cool and we understand why people want different colors and like all that, but it's just like, you know, for us, we have to be so careful about that. I mean, it's already a headache to have the Mark One in four SKUs 
across two warehouses. And so, you know, just adding one color is really six or maybe more, you know, so it's just, yeah, it, it gets really tricky. So um, that's why this limited stuff is like appealing to us because we can just, you know, one and done. So, yeah. So, I mean, I think it will be, you know, now that this is like a thing that we've kind of like publicly committed to, I think it'll be interesting to see what we do in terms of just like, I don't know. I think there's all kinds of fun stuff we could do besides mm-hmm. like just a different color of pen. We could do some weird like, I don't know, some re- maybe small run products or, you know, I don't know. Who knows? So, Would you get weird? <laughs> I'll get super I weird. Think, I think we could get weird. I, yeah. Because, you know, because I think when we're having like internal discussions about doing something that seems... You, you know that is like like not a lock but it's like oh i don't know often the decision making is really about like like the things dan already brought up like the long term implications and like supporting it for a long time or like how many units but if we know if we go into a product designing it knowing it's going to be like a couple hundred units or something uh that really it, a it puts this constraint on the product and so like we know from the get-go we wouldn't spend like six months designing something right because it just wouldn't it wouldn't like make sense to do that um and like we don't we know we don't it could be something a little more esoteric because we we know we don't need to like sell a billion of them because you know it's like a it's like a you know we can be a more niche thing because it's like limited run so i think it freezes up to do a lot of stuff that could be fun uh so I don't know. Who knows? I mean, we'll we'll see. Uh, I mean, this you know, this one I would say is like a relatively lightweight, you know, limited edition in terms of like what it took, you know, what it took from for us to uh, to like pull it off. So um, a lot of it was really just thinking about like actually the like logistics <laughs> around like doing it, honestly, and like some of the branding and like the how to set up the like you know Shopify end of it and like all that stuff was actually kind of the bigger uh like mental work rather than the actual like you know design or whatever so would that take less in future iterations like oh yeah yeah okay yeah so yeah the reason why it took a while for us because we didn't want to kind of hack it together because we wanted like we're committing to like doing this you know kind of ongoing so I think um and we don't have it perfect like there's still some things we want to do to kind of make it a little more streamlined but uh, at this point, yeah, like, because it seems silly, but being able to fulfill from Dan's house without having to, like, manually route orders and, like, do all this stuff is is actually kind of a pain. And there's even weirder logistic stuff. Like, for instance, if someone orders a limited edition item, but then also orders one of our normal items, we ha- we're shipping from two locations. And so getting shipping to charge correctly for that is definitely something um and so kind of figuring all that out was you know definitely some work 100 is what you did this time do you think Mm -hmm. that's the right number no (laughs) Uh, (laughs) yeah this is a really interesting question of like finding the right balance because we want it to feel special and obviously we want it to be limited as mentioned before, like we want this to be a one and done thing where we just make it and then we don't have to think about it anymore. But we also don't want to frustrate or disappoint people. So I'll just say like selling out in 10 minutes is too fast. Like that's, that is going to frustrate people that were super interested in this pen and just literally did not check their email in the 10 minutes that they would have been able to get it. So 
the solutions to that are make the production run bigger or do a timed uh, launch instead of a uh, quantity launch. So we could be like 24 hours or 48 hours. You have like a window to buy it. And then we would know how many we would have to make and then make that many. So the downside is there would be a delay in when you would get your thing because we'd have to actually make it then. I think the um, in-stockness makes it feel more fun. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that makes it easier. That makes it easier for us and quicker for customers to receive their thing. Like, I'll probably ship these like tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Uh, but. It, there is a downside of like people, you know, people are disappointed, and that's not the point of this is to like make people yeah. frustrated. Like we don't want that to be a result. So there's like a balance that we're gonna experiment with and try to find. Yeah, because we don't want we're not like supreme, right? We're not like trying to make this like a false luxury, like false scarcity thing. Exactly. Like really, the point of this is more like so that we can make some things, uh, you know, in, in a more like fun ways and things we wouldn't have made anyways but we don't want to make like a false scarcity of like oh i mean we are right but we don't want it to be like okay everyone get your bots ready or whatever (laughs) of false scarcity which is good for sure for sure like even saying this is limited is that right Mm -hmm. and especially this is limited in stock but you can you you now know you can do significantly more than 100 but Mm -hmm. this is like you know I had these issues, we had these issues, and I've always had these issues with the theme system journal. Yeah. And we made 200 of them the first time. And I was like, maybe we'll have them in stock for three months, right? Like, you have no idea what people yeah. want. And like, and that's the risk too, right? Of like, this is why yeah. I was kind of asking like, what you think about 100. Because like, maybe people just really want a blue one, but they won't mm-hmm. want a red one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so we're not gonna just like okay, next time we're gonna a do thousand. a thousand because also a thousand <laughs> is like too much. It feels like too much. It's uh-huh. like well, that's like a whole thing. That's like a big that will take mm-hmm. months and months to like fulfill or whatever. So, like, yeah, I don't think the number is gonna be like a thousand, right? <clears throat> and I think it's you know ideally they'll sell out somewhat quickly every time, but we mm-hmm. just want it to be not as like <laughs> you know if mm-hmm. give people a chance, you know, <laughs> kind of. Mm-hmm. Yeah, would so you we'll bring? See. A color back, or is the limitedness like it's never gonna come back? Like it, the blue one that you just did, is that gone forever now? I think probably. So. Yeah, I. I mean, I would think so. I could see us, you know, down the line, maybe doing like, uh, you know, using this color for Mark II limited edition or something. Yeah. Uh, but in terms of doing this exact one again, I don't think so. I mean, that's kind of the point, right? Mm-hmm. Uh. So yeah, that's. That's probably it. Congrats to the hundred people that uh, <laughs> I got one. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, it's uh, yeah, it's hard to say, but I think, yeah, I think we'll leave it. There's lots of cool colors. There's lots of cool uh, Terracote colors and like all kinds of options. So, you know, it is weird. It is weird having this kind of like idea of like disappointment. Uh, so it is kind of strange, but you know, I guess that's what we signed up for. Yeah. See, I don't know if we mentioned this, but you called this number two because Apollo is technically number one, right? Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. That was good. And, you know, that's an example of like a much more involved like version, right? Where yeah. to do that, we had to make like a lot more of them. Uh, and so I think, you know, there could easily be cases where we have 
you know, like a thousand or something, but it's because it's like much more involved and yeah. And maybe we have to pre-sell it instead of, you know, have it ready. I mean, I think there's like lots of, yeah. you know, we're not really limiting like yeah, like the 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 blue. Does it have a name? I just keep calling it the blue one. Did you name it? No, well, we didn't it, name it. I mean, okay. aside from OO2, I guess. But yeah, so that's we'll, say, really we'll just call it the blue one. The blue yeah, one compared really to the <laughs> Apollo, they are, they couldn't be further away from each other, like on the spectrum of involvement. Yeah, oh, right, yeah. right, right. Yeah, where like yeah. for the Apollo, it's like, oh, we have to, we have to work with a material we've never worked with before. Right, which is, right. is very different to we're going to use a different color. On this. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. I mean, Night we have day. we have plenty of ideas for uh, various. There's like you could go down the path of different materials. Like, I mean, people have asked for like brass you know, versions of the pen, which would be like a super heavy thing that like patinas in an interesting way over time and stuff. But I don't know how the numbers would need to work for that to be feasible. Like, would we have to make 500? We have to make a thousand, you know, like at that point, and it would be quite expensive too. Yeah. Um, yeah, so that, it's like that feels those... like it would have to be like the Apollo, like you'd need to. Yes. Yes. That. Yeah. Those are much more involved than doing a color, but it's like, cool. We're, we're interested in both, right? It's like, we can do the color thing basically endlessly because like Tom mentioned, there's really cool Cerakote colors, but we have these other ideas that we could try to find ways to make work too that aren't just like a different color. So we'll see. I think the question will be going forward, like, would we do, do we do like Kickstarter again or do we do our own like kind of self-hosted Kickstarter or, cause you know, there's ways to do that now. And so like, you know, does it make sense to, if in this context of like a limited product, like use Kickstarter, does it make more sense to do our own website and like keep the branding like Studio Need Limited? And I, I we kind of considered um, doing some sort of like, you know, uh, like self-hosted Kickstarter solution, you know, do this when we were initially thinking about it. And so I think that'll be a question going forward, like, you know, uh, you know, what happens there? Because with the... With a limited edition Kickstarter thing, I mean, it makes total sense, but also it feels now that we have this like kind of branded thing, it kind of, for me, it's some, for some reason feels natural to like do something separate, but yeah, I mean, I could imagine not wanting to do too many Kickstarters of the same fundamental product. Yeah, right. for sure. Right? Yeah, yeah, like very. you don't want to within <laughs> two years done 10 Mark 1 Kickstarters no. because you wanted yeah, to do yeah. it in a different material style every time. And it exactly. could just be a case of pr- just a pre-order. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I don't think we would uh, we would do a Kickstarter for like one of these limited things. We would just, if we needed kind of like pre-funding, pre-order type thing, then we would just figure out a way to do that, you know, within mm-hmm. our own store. Mm-hmm. I have one, I've one last question for you on these limited ones. Okay. You keep talking about color. Do you think mm-hmm. you would ever consider a design? Sure, I mean, mean? anything's... Oh, you mean mean like like, a pattern or something? Like an etching or something on the body? More than an etching, because etching you've done. You know, like Mm -hmm. I'm... So, like, what I'm thinking of here is just because I have one in my hand. I have a Retro 51 in my hand right now. Mm -hmm. And their whole thing is designs. And, look, Mm -hmm. they do Mm -hmm. way more designs and designs and styles that you would never do. But they also Mm -hmm. do some that are just like, hey, this one's striped. Mm -hmm. Could you Mm -hmm. imagine doing something like that? I think so, yeah, for sure. I it's mean, it's just not uh, off the table, basically. Is kind of boring. no, yeah. I mean, I think we, I think, 
I I would suspect this will keep getting weirder and weirder. Uh, like yeah. I think if we, you know, it, it makes like if I think next time around, and we haven't thought about this at all, but like next time around, I could see us easily convincing ourselves to do something more complex uh, because we have more confidence that there's like some you know like an audience there that wants to buy it. So we're mm-hmm. you know okay, well if we're gonna make 250 of these or whatever, like let's do something you know more different. And I think you know for us. It's a really nice place to experiment with like material process, that kind of thing. Uh, and so, you know, I, I don't know who there could be all kinds of things just like material wise or like, you know, etching that goes all around the whole body. So not like a little logo, but cut some kind of crazy, like, you know, fully like, you know, covered thing or I don't know. I mean, there's all kinds of places we could go. So, um, yeah, I don't know. We could get pretty weird. <laughs> weird in quotes <laughs> I, say, I don't think I'll ever get that weird we're pretty conservative <laughs> yeah, I mean like we made a glass mark one <laughs> there's weird right And then, but there's weird for you two and like yeah. weird for you two would be to, to in my opinion to do something that's like this one's red and orange you know like mm-hmm. because yeah. mm-hmm. you're very and, and that's why I buy all of your products because it meets with my own aesthetics for a lot of this type of stuff is it is very understated mm-hmm. right yeah. yeah like it's it you know like um and, and that's i think one of the great things about the design sense that the two of you have but you do have like anybody yeah. you you can make r- things look really good and also be bright and weird and strange yeah, yeah. it's finally finally an outlet to let our hair our hair down a little bit and uh <laughs> We can have our midlife crisis in public. <laughs> Seriously, yeah. though, like, yeah, you can do that now. Which I f- and I feel like maybe there hasn't been that, um, yeah, opportunity before. Yeah, no, it's it's it'll be. I think it'll be liberating for Tom uh, after all these years of me saying no to all of his uh, <laughs> suggestions. So finally, basically, all we're gonna see is just all the stuff Tom wants to do. Yeah. Like that's just what we're gonna just start see leaking all out. The, all the fun stuff that now the wet blanket has been lifted. You guys have been doing a lot more with your Instagram page, and I'm intrigued yeah. about this. And I want to know a little bit more about what you're doing and why you're doing it. Yeah, how did that start? I th- well, so the kind of history with us on Instagram, like for a long time, we didn't like touch. We had an Instagram account that had zero. We had like no posts or something. And we had like, I don't know. I feel like it was like a thousand followers or something and then i was like you know what i'm gonna like post every day for a while and see what happens and we and the and our follower count grew pretty good but then it kind of like trailed off um and i think we just like for a long time thought about posting to like instagram like we thought about email or where like we we wanted it to be like really thoughtful and considered and like all like really designed and kind of like, you know, pristine. And I think we just decided to change our mind somewhat about that and just post stuff that's like could be messier and like sloppier. Because I think the, the thing I don't exactly remember the conversation that kicked it all off. But I think something that I was noticing, I think it's because I was like, like, searching on Insti- like Indiegogo or maybe Instagram or something. And there's like all these direct to consumer companies now that are that if you look at 
like our website or maybe even our Instagram account, like in the past, you wouldn't be able to really necessarily tell a huge difference between like these big, like direct to consumer brands that are like startups or like not, they, they try to like pose as being authentic, but they're like really not. They're like, like some weird using like Chinese white, la- white label products that are all, you know, there's nothing there actually. And I didn't like the fact that like, I felt like we were missing an opportunity because we're authentically like a two-person company that does a lot of this stuff ourselves. And so I think, I think it would, I th- we were thinking it would be a good idea to really show that instead of like trying to only have this like polished presentation because, you know, we're just like sitting in our home offices doing this stuff. And so I think that's unique. That's like a story that we actually value and want to tell. And so we're like, why aren't we actually just like telling that on our Instagram? So I think a combination of that and just like letting letting it be a little bit more casual um, yeah. is the thing that has like led to more posting because we don't have to like you know fuss over it you know it's like there's way less like the the barrier to entry is like way lower I think like in our heads you know because this yeah. is something that I've been struggling with as well with the Cortex brand Instagram mm-hmm. where I'm in that mode that you were saying of like I feel like I can, I'm only allowed to post to it when we have something new to say exactly and if there yeah. isn't something new to say. I feel like I shouldn't be posting. And yeah. I mean, I'm also in a bit of an awkward period where like it's a very new company and we're like building out slowly. And I mm-hmm. I don't feel like I have necessarily a lot of stuff to post that wouldn't yeah. be too revealing of things that we're working on. And, that, yeah. and, and we're also in a position right now where I'm working on ideas for things that I don't know if ever they're ever actually going to exist. So I also yeah. feel pretty yeah. hesitant to post stuff. It's like, hey, I'm working on this thing. It might come in like 18 months to never. Yeah, you're speaking my language, Mike. Okay. Yeah, but I, right. I, my, my attitude, I mean, Dan and I like talked about this exact thing. And, uh, and my attitude, I think, is more on just like people can handle that. Like people can handle things not coming out, <laughs> you know, I mean. But can but, so, I, I handle mean, it, being asked all the time? Yeah, that, I don't know that about. is a question. <laughs> it is a question for sure. And I think that's something that we are still, you know, we're not like full kimono, right? But I think, mm-hmm. but just taking the first step at least of just being like, I can post this like Instagram live video of me like machining something. Yeah. And it's like, you know, not super nice. And it's just like really casual. That was like a big step for us mentally in terms of like, well, okay, what are we doing here? Yeah. And you so, do have like that benefit of a bit of like you are actually making things. So like that's content in and of itself, like physically making yeah. and assembling things, yeah. which I'm not doing. Yeah, I, so I think there's two important things going on with our Instagram. The first is what Tom touched on, where it's like, we need to let people know that it's like us, like yes. the brand is Tom and Dan. And so these like, you know, the, like the time lapses of like packaging stuff up and putting it together, it's like that happens all the time. <laughs> and... Uh, I wasn't, it made me realize, like, do people even know that I'm, like, often, like, I basically touch, like, every (laughs) product that, like, goes into their hands? I mean, not everyone, because we have some different, like, uh, packaging for different things, but it's, like, that's a part of our brand, and I feel like it benefits us for Mm -hmm. people to be aware of that. So that is one thing. The other thing is, Mike, what you just kind of touched on, which I think is the ever-present struggle of all small businesses which is 
how do I remind people that we exist without being annoying? Yes. And that is oh like God, yes. the the tension and the balance that's there where it's like, I always go back to, um, I think it's a Cory Doctorow uh, quote, and he was talking about like authors or musicians or something. And he said, the enemy is not piracy, it's obscurity. And so... Uh, obviously piracy is not a problem for us, but it's like we, the obscurity is the thing you're trying to avoid, right? It's like you need to r- remind people or tell people that you exist if you even want a chance at like selling them something, right? Yep. And so how do you do that in a not obnoxious way? Because <laughs> so, then it's like our, our perceived enemy of that obscurity is the frustration, like you mm-hmm. don't want to frustrate people and right. like get on their nerves and be like, oh my God, will you just stop? Right, yeah. exactly. So that is kind of what we're attempting, at least with like Instagram is like, oh, if these kind of, you know, time lapses or these like stories of like seeing a pen manufacturer or whatever are just interesting in their own right or cool looking in their own right, then that to me passes the test of like, okay, we're not annoying people. Hopefully we're just like showing them something cool or giving them like a behind the scenes of how we do things. Um, so that feels good if, if you feel like you're striking that balance, but it can spiral out of control, I think. And so it's always good to kind of be checking in on yourself. Like, is this, is this good? Is this something that someone would want to see? Or am I, have I crossed the line now to I'm just like being obnoxious or annoying? But I don't think we've come close to that yet. Well, hopefully. but and I think, you know, it's just also the medium is like really like kind of dictates that, right? Like we are not going to start, we're not going to send more emails, right? Like because emails are like push, right? And so we mm-hmm. don't want to just be dropping stuff on people's email box no. anymore. Like we still right. think that we should be like extremely limited on that. But, you know, with Instagram, like, people are subscribing or not. And so, like, if we get annoying with too many posts, they can just unsubscribe, you know. And hopefully mm-hmm. yeah. we have their, like, <laughs> we can connect it to them in some other way. Um, yeah. Yeah. So I think that, you know, that it gives us some solace. Uh, but uh, I do, I mean, I do think about and, like, you know, worry, like, should we post less? Should it be more diverse? Should it, you know, this or that? I mean, obviously, that's just, like, the whole game with social media. But, mm-hmm. um I think it would be if we overshare for a while, I think that's good. <laughs> <laughs> on this note about Instagram, have you ever tried advertising on Instagram or uh, as yeah. social media platforms? You have. That's the only place we have. And I think it's because it's so easy. Like, because like we're already making the, the content's already there. Uh-huh. And so because you just basically push a button. <laughs> yeah. Because we do the thing where like we let it find like we let it auto find the audience or whatever. Okay. Um so that definitely went into this thinking like if we are just posting more and we see something is like like a post is like compelling or getting a lot of like traction or whatever, then it's like, "Oh, okay, maybe we should like promote this or whatever." And so I think that yeah. is something. Yeah, just to sure. be clear, it's like it's very like light advertising and that all we're doing is paying a few dollars to promote one of our existing posts right so that's obviously different than like the instagram stories you see that are like straight up ads that you know you swipe up to you know enter their store and buy something um so we haven't done anything like that right so you Uh, haven't gone in and used like facebook ad manager or anything like that and like set up a campaign and that no, I mean, I've looked at it, but yeah. often not. Um, 
and I mean, it's, we did like, for instance, when we launched the Mark uh, with the Apollo edition, Mark one, and like we did an Instagram post that's like it was had some good engagement. I just like promoted it, and it was actually I think pretty successful, like relatively successful. Mm-hmm. Uh, like we didn't put a mo- lot of money into it, and so I think in those ways, it's like kind of why not? You know, if we can kind of boost something that seems like it's kind of <clears throat> compelling and like works well for Instagram, so. Because it just feels, like Dan said, like natural, like we're not having to make this whole like ad campaign and put energy into like that kind of marketing. And it's just kind of sitting there, like it's basically just like pushing a button. Yeah, That is why I think we do it. Um, and it feels like casual enough to do it. Okay. Yeah, because I'm working on ideas for both of those things. Right, mm-hmm. like one that I feel like the content to promote is the, as you said, it's the easier part, right? Like if you're just making the content, then you could just promote it. But yeah. I'm, I'm also working on like, all right, let's start from the start. Let's get a briefer strategy. Like I'm, you know, and and I'm, this is a thing I used to do for a living, right? So I feel like yeah. I, I have a a little bit of a leg up, and I'm, I used to do the execution part. And I married somebody who who used to do the, like the uh, like the briefing part, the strategy part, uh-huh, and uh-huh. I'm working with like a really talented designer who is kind of funny, really. Like he does this kind of stuff, and his wife does implementation of these, <laughs> right. So like I think between all of us, eventually we're going to try and work something out. And you have an agency, kind of. I suppose <laughs> it's like a silly, but like, but like that's you know. I, I feel like I want to try, and the reason I want to try is because I know this stuff works on me. Oh yeah, yeah right. Sure. Mm-hmm. And so I figure if it works on me so well, like Instagram advertising, without a shadow of a doubt, has had the biggest effect on my purchasing decision of any advertising <laughs> I've ever encountered. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I uh, maybe once every say ten days, I'll buy something from an Instagram ad, mm-hmm. and it can be from a brand that I know or a brand that I don't know. And to me, yeah. it kind of doesn't matter, right? Um, and so, uh, you know, I know that no other advertising has ever been that effective on me before, and so I figure I want to try it out for my products. Mm-hmm. Um, and, yeah. and I think that, and I, and there are, as you say, there are two ways to do it. And I kind of want to try both of them, like if with both approaches, one is, which is just like, Hey, you know, my followers, right? Like send this to the people that you're otherwise not sending it to because of the algorithm or expand it out to people that look like these people. But then there's the other method of like, okay, here's a campaign and, you know, in Ad Manager, you can upload assets and they show you, like, here's how it will look on all of our platforms. And you can choose yeah. which ones you want it to go to. And you can say, like, target these kinds of people. That can, I mean, I haven't gone too far in the, into the targeting part, but just from what I understand, you can give it types of people to go to or types of interests and stuff like that. So I'm kind of yeah, dipping I think- my tone. It'll be interesting. I mean, I think defining like what the expectations are is definitely, you know, like the tricky part. Because like, so when we like will promote just a post that we made, in my mind when I'm doing that, the goal would mostly be to get followers, I think. Uh, Just because it's like, we're not... Like when I'm, when we push out this thing, it's like really not an ad. You know, it's like, it feels like, oh, here's just some post. And so if we, yeah, it's kind of switch gears. We're like, okay, no, we're going to make like, trying to make sales from this and it like, I mean, make an ad. 
that does feel like a completely different beast. And I, I don't think it would feel casual in the same way at all. Like that would just feel like, you know, like a normal, like, like ad campaign or something, which we've never really done in earnest on Instagram. And I, like, I think, you know, we, I think we've talked about this before, but yeah, like Instagram ads, like certainly work. I think everyone <laughs> like kind of <laughs> likes them. Uh, and so, yeah, I don't really, we don't not, if someone like emailed us after this and was like, why don't you do Instagram ads? Like, you know, <laughs> like we, we would have no good excuse besides like, just, we don't have the time. Um, yeah. I mean, and so I, I would, my, I guess my challenge would to you would be, you do so much work for the Kickstarter, like in those mm-hmm. videos and stuff. Mm-hmm. I don't think you'd be that far off being able to take one of those and turn it into an ad. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I it uh I think it depends. Like I don't know if like when we're doing a Kickstarter, it's such a longer for we're thinking about such a longer format. Mm-hmm. And I always struggle when I'm thinking about okay, if we're going to make an ad on Facebook or something, like how do you you know, communicate this in like one image that someone is scrolling by in like a quarter of a second, you know? And so I think you know, for some of our things, it's easy, like a Mark One, because it's like it can just like look nice, and so it's yeah. like eye candy and it's perfect. But for things that require, like, say, like a glyph or something, or require like it looks ugly, right? And so it's like <laughs> ha- that's a story you have to tell. And so, I mean, I think we are in the situation where we have these products that are like look good, and so we're in a good position for them. But sometimes, yep. like with the like with the theme system, it's like you're not going to just show a picture of a notebook. And be like, hey, here's a notebook. It's like the thing that you're selling is this like idea and this whole system and productivity. And so mm-hmm. it's like that's a that's a complex problem to solve in terms of advertising. And so that's I think when we're up against that kind of uh, problem, it's like it just feels daunting. It just feels like, oh, man, this really it's like as much as a Kickstarter campaign. You know what I mean? In terms of the story and stuff. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah, so Mike, you do it first. Tell us how it goes. <laughs> I, I will. Give us some tips. <laughs> I, I've actually, I'm not ready to share this publicly yet, but I've just, I've sent to the two of you, we're working on a carousel ad. And it's, like, what I can say is, like, it, it's a lot of the asset, purposefully this first one, because it would be a test. It's a lot of reused assets and copy from the website. So uh-huh, uh-huh. we, yeah. you know, we we did a lot of work with the theme system website, and this ad, its purpose will be to push people to the website, right? Like that, that's yeah. going to be the, yeah. that. But can, we're using this as we would use this as more of like a branding campaign, because my expectation would be, my assumption would be, we could create a branding campaign and then target those same people with a like purchasing campaign afterwards yeah. mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and so mm-hmm. like this this first one would be like a branding campaign which is most and most and the reason that we've we've reusing the assets that we've created and the copy that we created is because it's a test i don't want to invest too much money into the creation of the ad itself because really this is a test of also i don't even know how to use facebook ad manager it is incredibly complicated um mm-hmm. And I've also already had because I've mentioned this, um, I think in in Mortex, which is like the 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 additional content for Cortex members. I had mentioned that we were looking at this, and I've had people contact me and be like, "I'm an expert in this. Let me help you." Mm. And yeah. I know that thinking, and ultimately, I like I have with other with like things with Relay FM. We brought in people that are better than me and Stephen at doing those things, but I only personally feel comfortable doing that if i understand it a little bit myself first 
So like yeah. I want to go in and do it myself to start so I can understand what it is. Even if I know I'm not going to be the best at it, like I want to go in and be like, what does it take to upload this? What do the statistics look like? And then later on, I can kind of go from there. But it's like, yeah. And I mean, it's also interesting because your product is something that's like that people would buy over and over again. It's not just a one off. You know, I think you can get start doing the kind of calculus on what your ROI needs to be like. Maybe it's worth like basically making no money acquiring like a new customer through this advertising because theoretically they should be like coming back again and again right Mm -hmm. Uh, because it's like you know something that's like used up and so i think that's also something that is like unique about your situation in some ways and i you know because that's the thing that i think it always comes down to for us is like yeah we could like acquire customers like we could pay to acquire them but it's like you know where like where we've never really had a really strong decision on like what are we willing to give up in terms of margins to acquire a customer and like have a strategy around that and so i think that is a lot of times what's limited us because i think basically at the end of the day that's what it takes to really be successful on these ad platforms is like a willingness to be like i'm basically not going to make any money on acquiring this customer but then you know, when they're a repeat customer, then we will. And we just yeah, have then, never... Then the question, because, you know, it's, it is a good question. It's one that I'm, I've am i thought about a bunch too, of like how much of the margin am I willing to give up? But then you got yeah. to think of it from the other side of, well, then how much more money can I make? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah, no, I mean, and you know, this is like, you know, I'm sure like Business people listening are like, this yeah. is one-on-one, like, what are you talking about? Yeah. <laughs> but it's it's just difficult when you're... The business owner like trying to make these decisions because like it it could lead you down lots of different paths. Like yeah, we could like, spend look, a bunch of money. And, I like, you know spent five years working for one of the largest banks in the world with budgets of hundreds of thousands of dollars, like a quarter or pounds a quarter. I'll tell you, it it, it these decisions are so much easier to make when it's someone else's money. Yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah. But like, yeah. I don't know, I'll give it a go, right? Like <laughs> and if it didn't work, it'd just be like, oh man, maybe the next one. It's very different when it's your own money, right? Yeah. And so well, like, and it, but yeah. It changes the structure of your company too. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, if if you turn I mean, this is like what, you know, I think a lot of these direct to consumer companies on Instagram are doing. Like they're VC funded. Mm-hmm. Or at least their strategy is not their strategy is to like get a bunch of customers or grow an email list and then sell something else to them. Yep. And so it completely changes the structure and workings of your company. Uh, and so I do we Dan and I definitely do not want to be in the situation where we've changed our business model, and it's not the simple thing of like we make things that people want and sell them to them for a profit. But you can very easily change that model completely into. Uh, well, we pay a lot for advertising to acquire customers. We don't make any money on them. And then hopefully we can advertise aggressively to them so they can buy something again. Mm-hmm. Like that, that is what the other business model is. And I know there's an in-between and I'm sure we're like, there's a nice way to do it. But that's the thing that we're always just like, like, oh, I don't want to start doing that. Yeah. So I think that's, that's, that is the whole thing. Uh, that's like the playground we're playing in. And it's, um, I don't know, it's tricky. It's just like tricky 
to kind of take little steps without feeling like you need to go all the way. Because that's what we've done over and over. We've taken little steps. Mm-hmm. Like if we've like walked a little bit into the ocean and been like, oh, okay. But we've never been like, okay, let's like go for this because we don't actually want to go. Like I don't want to get 10 times as many customers that we've paid for. And then we were like in it. Yeah, it just doesn't feel yeah, and like I the business we want to build. I don't want to do that either. But yeah, yeah. what I do want to do is maybe this, I don't know if this sounds strange, but I think that what me and Gray ultimately want is a customer base. It's kind of like how you have acquired your customer base. It was people that didn't know you, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And like we have a really great customer base, but it's all people that know us. Mm-hmm. And that's awesome, the podcast. right? Because that is a like... Like it's our podcast listeners, right? Like that is mm-hmm. we are very lucky that we have this large audience that we can that of people that we know are like minded, right? Mm-hmm. And so we can create products that we like and we believe that they will like them too, and we've had success from that so far. Mm-hmm. But there's a whole world of people that don't listen to the podcast who would yeah. also like these products. And we yeah. need to try and get to those people. Yeah. Right? Which is what you guys did, right? Like you knew what you wanted. And you put your products out into the world and they found the people. And I mean, we might be doing a bit of that. I don't know, right? Like it's hard to, mm-hmm. to know for us, honestly, like because mm-hmm. we yeah. started at a point which was already great. So, but like I, I know that there is a whole other market of people out there and we want to try and get to them. And just the only thing that I have in my mind is Instagram. Right, like it's kind of like no. I think I guess I'll get to them that way. Is it Instagram? (laughs) Yeah, no. I mean, I think it's it's a good fit. It's good. I mean, I think it's it'll I'll be it'll be curious to see how you know how what you think about this in a year from now or you know whenever when you've had some experience with it. Yeah, Uh, yeah. It's I mean, it is hard. I mean, you know, it's because I feel it feels like the world is built for that second business model that none of us really want to be doing, yes. right? Like the world is built on high cost customer acquisition. And it just, it always feels like it's like this qu- like quicksand or black hole, like sucking you towards it all the time. Cause the whole world is built on that. Like, like in, idea. in poking around recently, like I've been coming across companies that sell products like the stuff that you make, or they sell products like the stuff that we want to make and they're large, you know, yeah. they're like 25, 50, like 30 employees or something. And I look at that and like, and I look at their social media and stuff like that. And I think to myself, well, I can only assume that you're doing that other model to get there. Right. Yeah. And th- they're yeah. making money. Right. And it's not like this VC idea of just like, we make no money. Right. Mm-hmm. And just hope that some, <laughs> at some point we'll, well start making know. money. I mean, it might be it, yeah. maybe a bit of column A, column B, but like to to sustain where they are, they do a lot of advertising. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, and that means that they have to have people that are like doing the advertising and like and all that, you know. And and there yeah. are also like for us to do that, there are things that we would need to do that we we don't want to do, which is like we would you know, there's like there's differences that we would need to make in the way that we produce and ship our products, right? Because so we can yep. like fully track the conversion, and it's like I don't want to to do any of that, um, at least for now. Like I just I'm not really interested in getting that granular with it. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it's just like it's it's an interesting balance of like how 
far do you want to go down that route? I don't know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, for instance, we Studio Neat would not be making a limited edition of 100 units if we had 12 employees, right? Zero chance. <laughs> Unless it costs like $1,000 per, you know, pin or something. <laughs> because it just, it's not, there's no way that that trade-off would ever make sense. And so, I mean, that's why we have always, I mean, you know, we've talked about this a bunch, but that's like why we've always been resistant to growing because the overhead gets so crazy that it limits like what you can make. It puts pressure on everything you do. And so um, it's always like this glittering lure of like, oh, we can grow, but it's like, well, at what cost kind of thing. And so, mm-hmm. you know, it's, a, it's, it's, it's interesting. I just, you know, the only thing that I, the thing, and this is what like, echoing back to like why we started this Instagram st- stuff again is like the thing that I kind of worried about is uh, it used to be that like Studio Needs story was like unique because we did this crowdfunding thing and there were like you know two guys making products but when you look out on the like landscape and like you know every five seconds on Instagram when you're scrolling you see a company that could like that is like repping basically the same thing we are we're no longer like unique, but we're also just really small and we're just going to get like swallowed up. Right. And so um, that to me is the kind of fear a little bit. And so I think like pushing more like the story that only we can tell um, because we are actually like a two person company that is like, in my mind, what we need to do to kind of stem, like kind of survive Um, because it's no longer, I think unique that it's like some niche product that's like small and interesting and maybe made by a small team and has like the kind of normal Kickstarter story. Like that's not unique anymore. So we have to kind of be agile enough to, you know, tell our story a different way, I think. So <clears throat> I don't know. It's uh, it's an interesting world out there, but uh, it's definitely it's very, It gets you emotional too, right? Yeah. <laughs> oh, no, it's just coming. <laughs> We're gonna be okay. We used to be so unique. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, all you have to do is like go on Indiegogo and just like look at how many projects yeah. have like ten million dollars of funding. Yeah, and it's like that is you know that is weird. Like, there's a <laughs> something is going on, right? And those, I can I mean, I would be. I would bet that almost all of those are fueled by tons and tons of advertising spending, like tons and tons. And maybe they don't make any money on the campaign, you know. And so it's just a, it's just a weird, it's a different world. Um, and so I think we got to figure out kind of new ways to uh, swim in it. I mean, it's awesome, there's awesome tools uh, that I think will like make it easy to swim, but we got to kind of find our path again. I feel like before we go today. Uh, how are things going with the Mark II? The Mark II finally moving again. Oh, so good. we, yeah. So we, it's been. We thought. I mean, this. I don't. Even, I. The timeline has gotten all fuzzy. But last, I think we talked about it, and last we updated. I think our Kickstarter backers. We, you know, there was all we found out about all these problems, right? About having to remake parts, and it was like, oh, this is horrible. And we thought um, that some of the parts we would be able to just fix instead of like remaking them and so they like they tried that and they sent them to us and i realized that oh no we can't actually fix this they have to be remade so uh we went down the road of like explaining that to them they got it and so they agreed to remake those parts too and um so 
we got samples from them. There was something a little bit off on that. And then we had them make like make another sample. And then just yesterday or well, yesterday we like did the final review of those sample parts and approved them. So now we are finally back at, okay, we're in production again. <laughs> With okay. all the parts in production and going forward. <clears throat> and so, the, but the crazy thing is we, so like half of the part, the like body parts, the ones that had like the wrong metal and were like rusting, you know, um, those had been like approved to go into mass production for a long time, like weeks, but they've just been like waiting on still steel material. Like they've just been waiting on it. And so I think, Definitely, that is like as a is like is a result of this like crazy you know supply chain stuff that is happening in the world. Um, so, but it seems like you know we should be on track to you know kind of get this up and going again. But you know it takes thirty days basically to like make these parts and polish them and all this stuff. And so we're gonna try to do what we can in terms of like getting some parts sooner so that we can start like. Sarah coating sooner, like is cut it, you know, cut as many kind of shave as many days off as we can. But it's still looking like you know it's about a month, uh, hopefully, for like production parts to be done, like completely done again. So, you know, it's another. You know, it was just like the delay was longer than we thought from when we had all that crazy uh, bad news about the parts being bad. But um, but now we're back on track. So. That feels good. Uh, we've been, you know, kind of just doing what we can to like prep, <laughs> like prep for assembly. So we have really good jigs now <laughs> for our, like really good like things jigs. for making it easy. <laughs> and uh, and our Cerakote, you know, the Cerakote uh, applicator has like you know tested the parts, and so we're like, kind of all just like waiting around for parts, which is good because we're you know should hopefully be able to do them quickly. And we have all the packaging, and we have all you know everything's just kind of like waiting around. Um, so that's good, but, uh, you know, we, we can't control. There was a couple points where we were just like, let's not get this last sample. Let's just like do it. It will be fine. Like we don't need to like double check this, but you know, it's like not the time to like save a week basically by just like letting it ride. And then maybe there'd be another mistake down the road. So, you know, we, we crossed all the I's and dotted the t's it, although i guess it's the opposite of that oh no damn we messed up no. uh, <laughs> and we're uh, so now we're we're going again thoroughly considered as a joint production between relay fm and studio neat you can find out more about this episode by going to relay.fm slash tc slash 70